When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Uh, this is Talk Radio. I'm Julia Hartley Brewer. Such a pleasure to have your company. Um, I wish it was on a happier day. I wish we were talking about, oh, good, the Prime Minister's going to confirm today that we're, it's all over. We're getting back to normal. Well, I think we all lost hope in that quite some time ago, didn't we? Um, and I don't know when we do get our hopes back because we are going to be seeing a four-week delay with a, oh, a two-week review. And we know how well those go uh, to uh, lockdown easing. Um, we had you know, another you know, eight deaths of people. Uh, a, a day, roughly, um, uh, over the weekend. Um, we've got less than a thousand people in hospital, and we've got, I mean, well over ninety percent of any of the vul- most vulnerable groups of people uh, to this uh, virus uh, vaccinated, a uh, double vaccinated, and um, we're still we're still not only continuing a version of lockdown. Uh, it's got the support of the majority of people of this country. Um, there are times when I fear <laughs> there is no hope. But we're not going to despair. We are going to have hope and we are going to, um, frankly, we're going to fight back. Enough is enough. This has got to stop. Uh, so uh, joining me for the chat all this morning uh, is Dom Slater, Deputy Editor of Spiked Online. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Um, Tom, <laughs> here we go again. Um, the roadmap was always, we're told, data, not dates. Mm. Um, we know it's been dates, not data, because when the data is very good and shows no issues, like, for instance, they were predicting that cases would go up after schools reopened on March 8th, and they can, not only they did not go up, they continued plummeting down, uh, and again after April the 12th as well. Um, but uh, So they've been going on dates. They go on dates when it, when it suits them. Now the data, we're told, looks bad some question marks about that and we'll talk to some rather senior scientists who know rather more than most of the government indeed rather more than a lot of people advising on SAGE do about things uh, about that well, we're told we have to delay um, the Prime Minister always said he wanted this remote to be these were the earliest possible dates this could happen but he also said um, that this would be irreversible now Dominic Raab the Foreign Secretary was on television yesterday saying that you know there was no guarantee that, that we would even be out by August 
Um, mm. <laughs> there's no guarantee that this is just four weeks. If we are going to delay when there are eight people dying a day, and there are um, uh, and there are under a hundred pe- under under a thousand people in hospital, this doesn't ever end, does it? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, we should all cast our minds back to last summer. We had no effective vaccines and things are freer than they are now. I mean, yeah, the question you have to ask yourself is, if not now, when? I mean, we have this world leading vaccination program, lowest levels of vaccine hesitancy essentially in the world. Uh, in terms of hospitalizations, you know, we're below Sage's best case scenario. We're better than the best case scenario than we would be at this point. And yet still, caution, delay. And it really worries me because I think the 21st of June, although I kind of resented this idea that our freedoms are to be given back to us in some sort of hullabaloo from the government as soon as they decide that it's safe to do so, it did become quite important because it was about drawing a line under this Mm. and it was about telling people it's over. Not that we've got rid of COVID, but that we need to get out of these restrictions. And now I think kind of that caution, if you like, not only does it raise the question of when are we ever going to get out of this but I think it also will make people much more nervous about exercising those freedoms when they're given back to them, if you like, because this will just carry on and on and on in their yeah. head psychologically, it feels like. Oh, oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, but, th- but this is the thing, and I've, I've read this out a few times last week, and I do think we need to remember this. I mean, quite apart from, let's go back to three weeks to flatten the curve, that squash that mm. sombrero down so we don't see hospitals overwhelmed. Even Chris Hobson of NHS Providers, who's come on this show before, he's one, you know, sort of one of the sort of NHS Uber bosses, um, you know, representing uh, the, the NHS organisation, says that the hospitals are not in any danger of being overwhelmed. The people going to hospital right now are, are younger and fitter and healthier. They're going in for a couple of days. Um, but the Prime Minister himself. On the 13th of April, the day after we came out uh, of, uh, well, we actually had pubs reopening outdoors and retail opening indoors. Um, The day following that, step two of the roadmap, the Prime Minister said this to the nation. So, as we unlock, the result will inevitably be that we will see more infections. Sadly, we will see more hospitalisations and deaths. And people have just got to understand that. At the moment, I can't see any reason for us to change the roadmap to deviate from the targets that we've set ourselves. And as you've just said... We are in a, on a better place in those graphs than mm. not the worst case scenarios from Sage, the best case scenarios. We are still at a lower level and a lower trajectory than those best case scenarios. So, I mean, we unlocked on the basis that that was the range of things that could happen. It's better than all of those things, but we're not going to continue unlocking. Um, we're going on the data. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is This is more about... The, the public have been terrified into their homes. Mm. We, we know from the Sage Minutes back last spring that they had a deliberate policy to scare us into our homes. They didn't think we'd obey lockdown, but it turns out that we are a very obedient nation. Um, and yeah, absolutely, it made sense for people who were at risk to be um, you know, ca- 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 you know, taking extra care. Absolutely, 100%. So I, I, my, my family were doing absolutely supported that. But, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they scared people. We're still, you, know, you can hear the adverts here on talk radio. Um, still terrifying people into their homes and and then they wonder why people are terrified and the polls say oh and and, and they watch non-stop BBC and Sky and ITV telling everyone how terrifying everything is with these terrifying percentage increases you know which oh it's a 50% increase in cases when it's you know from one to two and things like that and and you just it's not a mystery why everyone is so scared why everyone a lot of people are so scared um and then the government says, well, we won't unlock because it's basically it's because it's popular. It is mm. it would be an unpopular move for the Tories as a government 
to unlock. And so they're going to keep us in a version of lockdown. It blows my mind that, that we're being run by focus groups that have been terrified out of their lives by government propaganda. It's a horrendous kind of vicious circle at this point. And that's one of the big challenges, I think, to those of us who know that this has gone on far too long, knows that this has been so destructive to civil liberties, is that because the public have been so effectively um, terrorised, frankly, by all of this messaging, it's quite difficult to kind of put that genie back in the, in the bottle, if you like. And I think that's one thing which, again, why it was so important that we did draw a line under this on the 21st of June, yeah. because people do want to get on with their lives. But at the same time, because of all of that fear which has been engendered in the population, they're tentative about it. They're yeah. nervous. This kind of precautionary approach has been internalised by a lot of people. And so the importance of that date is a moment in which people would be almost actively encouraged to just get on with things. Yeah. Now that that's gone, I think it falls onto us in society more broadly to just sort of take that initiative really because otherwise well, this is never going to be over it's just well, this a circle of focus group and government caution this, this so. is it i mean my view is if people if people haven't been double jabbed and they and they want to be if they are if they've been double jabbed but they're they're, they're still worried then by all means take extra precautions stay mm. at home don't go to the pub don't go to the theater don't get on the plane fine stay behind your sofa you can stay under your bed wearing a balaclava for all the rest of your life as far as i'm concerned it's got frankly, nothing to do with me or the rest of the country. Um, do so, but but allow the rest of us. I mean, I've had COVID. I'm double jabbed. I'm, I'm not, contrary to what a lot of my Twitter followers seem to think, not overweight. Um, I'm not at risk. I'm not at risk. I, I mean, I'm as at risk as, as someone, as anyone could be. Of, I mean, there might be a new variant. Then, I mean, you know, then, then, there, might be a, there might be an asteroid hitting the Earth tomorrow as well. Mm -hmm. I don't live my life based on the best, on the worst case scenario happening tomorrow. And you can't well, live life like that. that that's existing, <laughs> not living. We're, we're living every day as if we are in some doomsday Hollywood movie as opposed to, you know what? Life, you know, as Hobbes said, life is nasty, brutish and short. We've managed through the magnificent achievements of this human race to make life certainly very pleasant for people in this country, really very safe for people in this country and really very long for people in this country. And we're throwing it all away. It's so shocking. And as you say, what in the fear of threats that don't yet exist yet? You know, we don't know what the data is in relation to the next couple of weeks. It's just that constant level of caution. And as you say, if the government wants us to be cautious, Fine, put out messaging, yeah. put out guidance, say, here's your risk factor if you hit these certain types of criteria. Maybe you should carry on to isolate to a certain degree. Mm. But just let us make the decision. And the fact that that's such a crazy suggestion at yeah. this point in the discussion tells you how much society has been turned on its head and how we are just expected yeah. to follow instructions from the government, even in the situation yeah. where epidemiologically we're good as we are at this point and and, and the 90 you know, percent of us are probably the safest we're ever going to be those who are at risk uh, and again i'm sorry uh, you know, children and young people are, are at virtually zero risk i mean as good as zero risk as, as they're going to be now um what do people do about this we're going to put out a, a question i want to hear from people on, on text message and on twitter as well um I, i've not been so interactive in, in recent months so it's been a very busy time um but i would i do want to hear from people this morning what, what do we do 
you're a law-abiding citizen. You know, you're you're a good person. You you follow the lockdown. You you don't you don't necessarily like to break the rules. You don't want to upset people. You don't have a row with someone in a supermarket um, about not wearing your mask or or whatever. People, you know, people are good people. They they're good citizens. They're, they're law-abiding. They're people afraid of losing their jobs. They don't want to go on a march with a with a bunch of people when you know the person behind them could be some sort of anti-vaxxer. Uh, and I don't mean worried about this vaccine. People who genuinely think that you know vaccines are a bad thing. You know, that's really one of the one of the many reasons I don't go on marches. I, I don't want to be with those people. Um, that's my choice um, to, to do that. But how do we protest this? How do we, other than, as Lord Sumption, the former Supreme Court Justice, has suggested, do we just, as you, and you hinting at, we take matters into our own hands mm. and and people break the law? Because, you know, I can't endorse people breaking the law. Um, I, 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 I'm a law-abiding citizen. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I go over thirty in the thirty-mile-per-hour zone. That's a bad thing, you know. But people, people largely don't want to break the law. What what can we do to to make our feelings known? Because we're told the polls saying, you know, the majority of people support this. I, I, I a, I don't trust the polls. B, I think an awful lot of people are just breaking the rules quietly. I mean, most people mm. I think are breaking the rules quietly already anyway. And and there's just a lot of hypocrisy and people just want to virtue signal. They've still got their little rainbow pictures in their windows <laughs> and all. You know, you know the type. What do we do? Well, I think it's first of all, it's so fascinating that figures like Lord Sumption and Andrew Lloyd Webber are calling for civil disobedience. It yeah. tells you how strange things have gotten. Yeah. I think people do just need to start acting collectively, really, because I think so far there's been a kind of element of individual people, you know, as you say, everyone kind of is breaking the rule to some extent. Yeah. They kind of always suggest that other people are, but they make excuses for having just too many people around their own houses, etc. Yeah. But I think the answer is for people to do this together. Is for we've already seen some of the night. Uh, time industry saying that they may band together and open anyway. I think people en masse not only attending demonstrations or just refusing to comply with this stuff is something that I think we'll start to see. I mean, the problem is, as you say, is that even though um, I don't believe the polls necessarily either, there is still a big popula- uh, portion of the population who are very concerned about this yeah. stuff. So hand in hand with all of that has to just be a stronger argument as well to say that yeah. not only is it safe to come out, but it's really important that we do yes. for the sake of reversing this. Absolutely. It's not It's not just safe. It is It is vital to our, our mental, physical, economic and spiritual health that, that this ends. I've always said, I've been tweeting this for the last goodness knows how long, this never ends until we say it does. 6.47 is the time. Lots more to talk about. We're going to talk about England. We're going to talk about the G7 summit, Northern Ireland Protocol and plenty more besides. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.